The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn News. From LinkedIn News, this is Get Hired, a podcast for the ups and downs of our professional lives. I'm Andrew Seaman, LinkedIn's senior news editor for job searches and careers. Each week on Get Hired, we'll talk about leveling up. Sometimes we'll talk about finding work. Other times we'll talk about excelling where you are right now. And through it all, we'll focus on how to stay true to yourself in the process. So this is theoretically the best time ever for job seekers. The great reshuffle, as we call it at LinkedIn, means people are moving around the workforce unlike ever before, and employers are hungry to attract and keep talent. But the job hunt can still be nerve-wracking and exhausting. The best way to combat those demons? Confidence. Today's guests are author-entrepreneur Mel Robbins and self-advocacy speaker Selena Rizvani, and they'll be sharing tips on how and why to pump yourself up. Welcome to both of you. Yeah, let's do this. Looking for a job doesn't have to be boring. So we're gonna make this really fun. All right, everybody, get ready. Definitely. Well, and thank you both so much for joining us. So, you know, one of the things that that I wanna start off on is, you know, job seeker confidence. People, they go into it sometimes feeling hurt or, you know, they're, they're worried about the rejection. Um, Mel, let's start with you. How can job seekers build confidence? Okay. So rule number one, Andrew, this is the definition of confidence that I want you to take away from our conversation. Confidence does not mean that you are fearless and that you are uh, never afraid or, or full of doubt. Confidence just means you're willing to try. Because if you are willing to take action and to try and to put yourself out there, Every time you try, everybody, based on the research, this is called the confidence competency loop, you're going to either succeed or fail. You're either going to get the interview or not. You're either going to get the job or not. You're either going to negotiate correctly or not. Even when you fail, you always learn something. And in the learning, in the growing, you gain what researchers called competence. And when you start to feel more competence because you tried, you will feel less nervous and you'll keep trying again. This is how you build momentum. There's also a mindset piece to this that's grounded in really important research from Yale and Harvard and UCSF, and that is something called belief effects. What they found in research is if you believe that the actions that you're taking will have a positive impact on either getting a job or getting a better salary or losing weight or any kind of change you wanna make, What we know based on research is believing the actions work create a greater result uh, than just trying it and not knowing or thinking that maybe this won't work. You got to anchor down on positive belief that I'm going to try. And if I try, I will be rewarded because you will. And Selena, this is also an area of your specialty. Uh, You know, self-advocacy is a huge thing as a job seeker. And what are your suggestions for job seekers who are out there and saying, listen, I I don't really have the confidence. I want to try, but I, I worry about things. What do you suggest they do to build confidence? 
you don't need LeBron James level confidence to do this well. So realize that. But you do need to signal self-belief in your candidacy. And you need to be able to back yourself when somebody's a little skeptical about your candidacy or asking you the tough questions. So one of my favorite techniques in teaching this is focus on what you can control. There's some things we can't control in that job interviewing process, but there's plenty we can. Our preparedness, you know, our research into the company, um, tapping our network to see what contacts we know there, uh, you know, even rehearsing some of the, the questions that we know we're going to be asked. So that's a huge thing. Focus on what you can control. That's a huge confidence lever. And, and you know, look, isn't it true when we really know our stuff, we sit up a little taller, you know, we speak with more conviction. Um, so know what those things are. Invest the time in those. I love that tip because let's be honest, even though you might want to set a goal like I want to get three interviews every week, you can't control that. Here's Mel on what you can control. So I'm going to give you three things that I want you to do. Because looking for a job, everybody, it feels personal, but it's not. It is a professional numbers game. And when it comes to numbers, it's, if you want to really be able to turn this into something that doesn't feel so personal, create a formula. What is a formula of actions that you need to take every week that are under your control that you believe if you were to do these actions every single week for the next three to six months, how many resumes do you send? How many hours do you send in, or companies you need to research? How many weak contacts do you need to make contact with that you believe if you were to just manage those actions, that's your formula for three to six months. You believe if you did that, you would land a job. That's number one. Number two, I want you to focus on developing skills. What we know is that skills make a difference. And it's not just the hard skills like project management, believe it or not, the people that are getting hired based on research are also strengthening the soft skills. The third thing you need to be doing, and I know you're not gonna do this, you must practice interviewing. Because if you get to the interview, chances are they've already decided that you've got enough of the hard and soft skills on paper to do the job. Now they're just trying to figure out if they actually want to be with you on online or in a hybrid situation every week. And if you show up and you're bumbling your answers and you're nervous and you're acting like a freak because you haven't practiced and now you're nervous, you have blown it. And so you've got to practice interviewing with your friends, with a mentor. If you get the interview, don't you dare walk into that interview that you earned and blow it because you didn't practice. Selena, you know, for people who, you know, they say they get a rejection or two. And like Mel said, you know, this, is, this might take you several months. What should people do if they start getting beaten down by those rejections? Well, back to what you can control. I would compensate with those rejections by expanding your pool of what you're applying to. One of the mistakes I see people make, Andrew, is that they're overly precise in their job search. 
And, you know, look, for most people who are successful in searching for jobs, it is a numbers game. And you need to put some volume out there in terms of applications to, you know, get a response and get some interviews. So there are a few benefits of thinking more open-mindedly about what you're applying for and casting that wider net. You're going to get more callbacks and interviews. You're going to get more practice. And the other thing that doesn't hurt is you can then honestly share with employers, you know, I'm in some other rounds of interviews with other organizations, right? Um, all of this works to your advantage and helps you and gives you leverage. Yeah, you're basically saying if you get that rejection, take what you can learn from it then, right? Absolutely. Take what you can learn from it. You know, ask for feedback. It doesn't mean you're going to get it in every situation. But certainly if you can ask for some feedback about your candidacy or even tap your network, you know, and use them as a sounding board. No good self-advocate is an island. <laughs> use your network. A wide net can absolutely be useful for gaining practice and for exploring opportunities that you may not have considered. But beware of a wide net without intention. If you're casting too wide of a net, you're going to get more generic interviews and you're going to get a less personal uh, experience. I think it's really important for you to do some soul searching about what you actually want to be doing and spend more time researching jobs. And here's a really interesting statistic, everybody. 28% of people find a job through a friend of a friend. We call this a weak tie. And so I guarantee you, you're not doing enough of the upfront to connect yourself into the kinds of jobs that are a match. Because the truth is, it always hurts to be told no. And it's gonna sting for a little bit. Go complain about it with somebody, have a great night, and then tomorrow morning, after you shake it off, get back to work because it is not personal, it's a numbers game. Yeah, and I have to say, looking back on my career, uh, the no's, they stick out, but at the same time, I'm so grateful that they were no's because it led me to where I am today. Thank God, if they're not hiring you, you would have been miserable there. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, Mel and Selena will give you the tools you need to ask for what you're worth. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. I'm Kwame Christian, and I am the CEO of the American Negotiation Institute, and I want you to check out my podcast, Negotiate Real Change. Listen to conversations with leaders in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, and learn the secrets behind what it really takes to become a successful advocate, ally, and change maker in your organization. Check out Negotiate Real Change on your favorite podcast player. We're back with Mel Robbins and Selena Rizvani. 
Now, this may sound a bit fluffy for a podcast, but I really do believe that you all have the potential to land great jobs that you enjoy. But part of that is getting a compensation package that lets you live your life with some peace of mind. So, once you get an offer, how can you have the confidence to negotiate for the compensation that you deserve? A company and a job is not your family or your friend. You're going to meet people there who will be your friends, but it is a financial transaction. It is a professional environment. And somebody is going to pay you money to perform services and to lend your talent and skills so that they can make money. And so get your head around the fact that if somebody has gotten to the point where they're negotiating with you, number one, they want you. Number two, you have something that they need. And number three, you don't have a right to complain or gripe about how much you make unless you ask for what you think you deserve. That's number one. Number two, if you've gotten to the table where you're now negotiating, it's going to cost an employer more money to spend time looking for somebody else than to give you a little bit more money that you ask for. Don't leave money on the table, okay? Always ask for more money. There are six things, everybody, that you need to negotiate. Number one, your salary. And yes, always ask for more. What are they going to say? No or yes. Either way, you got to ask because it signals that you want more. Number two, your start date. Maybe you need some flexibility on your start date. Number three, you got to negotiate your title. Number four, if you're senior enough and you have a team, look at the team. Do you have enough resources? Number five, these are the benefits uh, and the flexibility that we're all seeking in these days. And number six, and this is something that nobody asked for. I want you to ask for this. Ask to be assigned someone in the company several rungs higher than you to be your mentor for the first year with the expectation that they will meet with you once a quarter. You ask and negotiate for those six things, you are putting yourself in a position to be paid what you deserved and to set yourself up for success. Yeah, and I've heard of people who do that actually, where they they end up saying, hey, listen, you know, okay, you can't meet my salary by a few thousand. Let me have lunch with the COO twice a year or something like that. And, you know, Selena, what are, is your advice for people who, sort of don't want to ask for that or, or they have that little thing inside of them that says, don't don't ask for too much. This is going to ruin the opportunity. What is your advice for sort of building that courage and that fire to say, you know what? I deserve this amount of money. I deserve these benefits. Yeah. I, and a lot of us can relate to that hesitation, but I would say give yourself license and give yourself permission to do this. If there were ever a carpe diem time to make a bold request of employers, it's now. You already have leverage. The question you need to figure out is what are your bargaining chips? If you are managing a product or service very similar to the one you would take on in this new role, you have a lot of bargaining chips. You know, you you are a known entity in many ways to this organization and less of a risky hire. Um, you know, you have to push that advantage forward, right? A and really know that. I would say another important thing for you to think about is make sure there's growth in that opportunity. You know, you know it's a good role if there's stretch in it. I think one other thing that's kind of come to the forefront more 
this last few years is, is it a values match? You know, does that organization kind of live what they espouse? Do the leaders live it? Do they keep their promises? Make sure there's a values match there, that this is an organization you're proud to be part of. There's a specific kind of struggle people face when they're returning to the workforce after a career gap. So how do you overcome that and confidently sell yourself to an employer? Here's Selena. You know, I think one of the things is to speak confidently about your gap or your timeout. I've heard some people refer to it as a sabbatical, whether or not it was formally that. You know, I think speaking in decisive, clear language that shows you back yourself in terms of the fact that you uh, left or re-entered at the time that you did matters. You know, I think you can emphasize your transferable skills. You know, there are things that are applicable that you managed, led, oversaw, supervised, did uh, that I can guarantee matter. So I think a lot of it is mindset and not coming at it in this apologetic way. You don't need to bring it up or keep signaling to that time necessarily, but I do think I'd be ready with a short elevator pitch of what that time meant in your life and how it's led you to this next natural step. Well, thank you so much, Selena. Thank you so much, Mel. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, everyone. Go get them. Even though confidence is one of those things that's way easier said than done, I know that all of you have the power to make a small change that'll make a big difference in your confidence as a job seeker and professional. Maybe this is the week that you reach out to one of your weaker connections or the week that you focus on shifting your mindset to it's going to happen for me. And when you do, tell us about what happened. Starting next week, we're going to be featuring one of your job search wins every episode. So if you've had a win, big or small, email us at gethired@linkedin.com or leave me a message on LinkedIn. Remember, it's up to you to put this advice into practice. Still, you always have a community backing you up and cheering you on. Connect with me and the Get Hired community on LinkedIn to continue the conversation. You can also join my weekly Get Hired live show every Friday at noon on the LinkedIn news page. And if you like this episode, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps people like you find the show. And of course, we'll continue this conversation next week, right here, wherever you like to listen. Get Hired is a production of LinkedIn News. The show is produced by Michelle O'Brien with help from Sarah Storm, Derek Carl, and Gianna Prudenti. Joe DiGiorgi mixed our show. Florencia Iriando is head of original audio and video. Dave Pond is our technical director, and Ginny Choi is our production manager. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn, and I'm Andrew Seaman. Until next time, stay well and best of luck.